Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express as our investigators are continuing their experiences in Lausanne. And so right off the top of the show, we want to thank you for listening, and we want to thank our backers for helping support the show. Uh, if you have the opportunity and would like to check out more about what we do, please stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. And for now, I will turn it over to our investigators with introductions. So to my right, I'm Mike and I'm playing James Robert Fraser. Indeed he is. And to Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, I'm Rena and I'm playing Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy and I've gotten into absolutely no shenanigans this morning. Give it time. Give it time. Uh, at the end of the table, Hi, I'm Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and I'm in trouble with the cops. <laughs> Indeed you are, poking your nose in where it doesn't belong, including long, vast stairways. And to uh, Mr. Griffith's right. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I'm playing Maggie Bellinger, and I think I have some hot gossip for Lady Elizabeth. You know, you you very well may. Uh, and uh, last but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney, and I've managed to change my trousers and wipe a slightly sticky, sugary coffee off my leg. Are you sure those two aren't connected? So we return to uh, Lausanne, as I mentioned. We lift the curtain tonight uh, during the midday, where uh, Lady Elizabeth and Professor Courtney have uh, decided to take a slight jaunt towards the museum and library, which they've been uh, become aware of. And so this... A wonderful piece of uh, Italian Renaissance architecture kind of stretches out before you. Colonnades, steps, lots of marble. Um, it's for the most part quiet as you approach. There is a, uh, a slight fee for entrance, which of course uh, is easily, easily paid by you, uh, either of you at that point. And uh, inside there seems to be some sort of... Uh, after echoes of something that had gone on here. You see that there are some staff members who are uh, just down the way, uh, down this large hall, which is kind of filled with sculptures and uh, exhibits. So a couple of staff members here who are, one's on a ladder and the other is holding this rather uh, cumbersome Roman era shield. Looks like they're trying to reconnect it. Goodness. I wonder if our party's been here already. Oh, I don't know. It seems a little lively, doesn't it? Hmm, yes. Is everything all right? I'll say to one of the the staff. Uh, the uh, the staff member turns to you. Oh, um, yes, uh, there was a... Just a slight commotion in here. I apologize for any in, inconvenience. Uh, but the uh, this shield here, it, uh, it tumbled off the wall. Oh, fell off? Does that normally happen with ancient artifacts? He looks around. Uh, I, 
think someone may have pulled it off the wall by accident. Ah, yes. That makes much more sense. And I share a side glance with uh, the professor. <laughs> Maybe someone was trying to steal it or something. I mean, it's quite a, a splendid piece. Oh, I, I should hope not. Uh, they turn it over and you see that there's a probably a good half meter long spike on the front of it. Oh, that would make it rather inconvenient to get away with. Yes, quite. Not something you could put under your coat either, is it? Mm, no. Is there anything I can help you with? Uh, directions, perhaps? Or uh, are you just here to uh, in- enjoy the museum? Well, here to enjoy the museum mostly, seeing the sights, a little bit of tourism, and your uh, excellent museum was highly recommended. Oh, wonderful. Um, yes, there's uh, the museum portion here, of course, and then he extends an arm down this long hallway where you see the colonnades uh, continue, and he says, there's a, a library there with uh, tens of thousands of books uh, that have uh, been collected over the years. Ah. Ladies' eyes just light up instantly. Ah. Library, yes. That does sound quite marvelous. Do you have any particular specialties? Are they uh, historical books or books on uh, geography or mathematics? Mm. The two the main thrusts of the museum are history and geography, especially Roman era. Ah. Well, I'm sure there's a library assistant who can assist us, so to speak. I hope the system's a little better than that that they use in France. I mean, that was appalling. Mm, no. I find a thing. Paul is back at the, uh, the hotel. Coming, Professor? Yes. He's just looking really nervous now. <laughs> Come along. And I'm just going to set off, regardless of whether he's following me or not, because there are books. <laughs> Indeed. And so the two of you come into this uh, portion of the building here, which encompasses the library, and there must be, uh, yes, tens of thousands is an understatement. And every single book is in meticulous order. And and it makes up this, it's almost as if it has the feeling of looking at at a piece of artwork. It's like a Fabergé egg on display. This is fantastic. I mean, the organization here, it, um, everything looks like it's in its place. There's no disorder. All the books are lined up perfectly. and oh. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I'm not an artistic person, but this is a surely a work of art. Literary works of art are the best. Just happily looking around at all the books in their very neat order. So are there anything, is there anything here that you're looking for? Well, I think we'd be uh, perhaps uh, looking for... Do we know the, the time period of the, the piece that we're looking for here? No, you, you wouldn't know the the time per se, the, the time period of it, although you just know that the the statue pieces have been created over a period of time. It's it's yet unknown as to when it was originally created. I mean, the, the, a, a time more or less for a piece to be here. In, in other words. Actually, you're not certain that, um, you have to check your professor, you'd probably want to check your uh, notes from Dr. Smith on that. Yeah, I, I don't seem to be able to see any reference to uh, Lausanne here. Perhaps we start by looking for uh, anything on this uh, gentleman, on the Duke and his family, perhaps? Ah, yes. I, I'm interested to um, 
to understand about these uh, um, Turkish gentlemen with their, their hats, those those fezzes. I'm not quite sure how much we'll find uh, here on those specific gentlemen, but... Uh... One wonders if they there's some sort of organisation. There, there seem to be quite a lot of them, and they're, they're, they're very well organised. Well, perhaps maybe something on the occult uh, as well. Although, if uh, these gentlemen are associated with the... Uh, with the Duke, perhaps, then uh, maybe we'll find something there. Maybe he has some connections in, in Turkey or in Egypt. Yes, I, I would be interested to understand where... Yes, his, his lineage, where, his, where he comes from. Mm-hmm. So, the two of you, probably with a eager feeling between your fingertips, step out into the Lausanne Library. And so my question first is, how many uh, hours are you prepared to dedicate to your search? How much time do we have before we need to be meeting everyone for this bidding war? So you believe that the 730 Club likely meets either at 730 or 8 o'clock, they're roundabout. And uh, so you need time to get ready for that. So you probably have a good five or six hours you could spend. But depending upon how much you were willing to forego, say eating, drinking, breaks, etc. I don't really need much in the way of creature comforts when I'm engrossed in a tome. No. Okay, so say a four-hour block, then uh, library use rolls. Huzzah! It's your favorite point of the evening. It's time to search an old library. <laughs> Ooh. Zero three under 75. And I got a... a what is that? I said a harder and extreme... One second. Ah, that is an extreme for me as well. Cool. Okay. So it takes a good couple of hours searching through this. The order is wonderful, a wonderful change for you, Richard. Everything here is done by a readable and open system where they have placed books in the proper position and order, and it flows very well. And so it really speeds up your ability to get a hold of what the two of you seemingly, seemingly at the same time come pretty well on top of. You kind of, you, you start at one, one at the left and one at the right, and you kind of work your way towards the middle, and eventually you hone in on uh, a tome. It's written in German, but it really speaks to you, Lady Elizabeth, because mm. you can feel like the old casement and the binding just... There's something about this that is a little different than the rest of the books in here. And now the question is, do either of you speak any German? Uh, I don't believe so. I have Latin and French. No, not so much. <laughs> do you think Paul speaks German? Ah. Yes, he may. Um, <laughs> if not, maybe there's somebody here. I mean, we're in um, Switzerland, wherever we are. And um, I, I'm sure we can find a translator. So English. <laughs> I love the idea that Richard doesn't know where he's at. He's just in a library and therefore <laughs> we'll figure it out. He's happy. I suppose. Once you find the book, what do you plan to do with it? I'm guessing they don't have library cards or anything here. Uh, it doesn't. It's a museum, so likely <laughs> not. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So I'll see if there is an assistant or someone who can assist uh, with, with this, tell, maybe tell me what it's about uh, and uh, give me some highlights, maybe, since I can't read it myself. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, you track down an assistant here in the uh, museum library, and um, they seem befuddled when you show them the book. What? What is? I'm sorry, uh, madam. What is this? Where did you get this? We found it on uh, on the shelf over there. Truly. Yes. They open the front cover and then they seem to go. They seem to almost count one, two, three. They open the third page. I I don't think this is the museum's book. I've never seen it before. Oh. It's not marked here. Hmm. Perhaps some wayward traveler simply just left it. Oh, so uh, if they left it and it doesn't belong to the library, might one take it with one? Um, the staff member kind of looks around. Well, it is not uh, museum property, of course, so I could not compel you to keep it here, but I would hate to see their face when they come back and found a missing book, although it, there seemed to be a bit of dust on it. Perhaps it has been here for some time. Yes, it, uh, it was in a less used section, I believe. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I don't believe it's ours. Well, well, can't have a lonely book hanging around the library. Books are meant to be read, so very well. All right, so you're going to uh, pocket said book? Mm-hmm. It's mine now. <laughs> mine, mine, mine. Mine. <laughs> It's not necessarily in the greatest repair either. There's, there's almost a bit of a mold smell to it. Not strong, but some. We'll take good care of you. <laughs> <laughs> I whispered to the book as I put it in my bag. Okay. You whisper to it. It whispers back. No, I'm kidding. It doesn't do that. You guys spend about, with that search there, you guys spend about two to three hours. So I'll leave you there for a bit, and uh, you can think on perhaps what, uh, what may become of this tome that you've somehow found. So, Mr. Griffin, you talked about making a phone call today. And as you're still somewhat recovering from the uh, uh, unceremonious trip down the stairs, uh, you have had a chance to recover a little bit from the initial shock value that still rings through your head uh, in the wondrous lobby here of the hotel. And at some point, uh, Mr. Frazier and Miss Bellinger are likely going to come back through the lobby doors because I would assume that the two of you are going to return to the hotel unless you've other plans, which in which case, let me know. Yes, uh, Mr. Fraser does does have a, a, a slight detour in mind. But, uh... Very well, very well then. So, um, Mr. Griffith, then your phone call. Take the call in our private rooms as opposed to in the lobby, if that's possible. Sure, of course. And I'm going to ask to be connected to the major. So this probably takes a good, it probably takes quite a while to set up the call. What they tell, what the front desk tells you is that um, if you're trying to reach London, what they will likely have to do is cable London and then give them time to build the call back towards here. Uh, and they tell you it could take anywhere between uh, one to maybe five hours. And that's if the recipient is at the phone and available when London reaches them directly. That's fine. Okay. And then I'm uh, I'm going to place two phone calls for this, mm -hmm. for them to set up this cabling. One for the Major and one for Barrington. Okay. Very good. And whichever one gets back to me first. Ah. Okay. All right. So you're going to do those through what, Telegram then? Well, I, you mean I cable and then they uh, call back? Yeah effectively 
Oh, then I'll do that. Okay. So probably around midday or so, maybe two o'clock, um, you do get the desk. The front desk calls up. This has now been a couple of hours. The front desk calls up and says that they have they have a call back for you. Excellent. Could you put them through, please? Yes, we will. We will try. Uh, be um, be aware that the um, the lines from here to there are not always very good. So your conversation may be cut short. Appreciate it. I should only need about 10 or 15 minutes, I hope. Oh, you hear the staff member at the front desk seem um, rather surprised. <laughs> well, we will, of course, uh, make any, uh, make a note on the, the room charge. Thank you. Um, so at uh, what is likely to be an astronomical cost, the voice of uh, Major Charles Pierce, now functionally known as Dr. Pierce, arrives on the line. It's a bit hazy and uh, fuzzy, but you can hear his uh, rather deep-toned voice come through. Mr. Griffith, what is it? Major, just wanted to reach out to you and keep apprised of what is going on. We are currently in Lausanne. We are still on the Orient Express following its route. Uh, left Paris, where we have uh, succeeded in what we needed to do there. And uh, currently... We are following up on some leads here in Lausanne before we uh, continue on again with the uh, Express. I don't know if you have a contact here or if Barrington has one or if you want to talk to Barrington and let him know where we are because you wanted to keep the professor's whereabouts up to date. We're all here still. I'll I'll update the inspector. It's not something that... um... Listen... Scotland Yard is just going to have to deal with the fact the professor has left London. There's nothing they can do about it now. They can hem and haw, but they won't be able to reach him. I understand. They just... uh, The only important thing Barrington wanted was to know where the professor was, and I feel that's the least we can do. You know, just say he's in Lausanne and keep telling them where he is, you know? And whether he's alive or dead. (laughs) Uh, Of course. You're you're Lady Elizabeth. Has she run in any social trouble there yet? We have run into uh, a duke here. Not any social yet, but I have a feeling it may become some such. Why is that? No, no, I mean trouble from the home. The papers here are rife with something that's going on with her family. Can you send me a telegram or anything on this, sir? Or can you summarize it? Well, it seems that uh, her brother is becoming embroiled in a court case which may involve her family name. There's some questions about the lineage. I'll just put it that way. Whose lineage? Hers? No, no. Uh, there's another. Um, there's another name coming up. Someone that might be in control of the family, not her brother. I see. I, I will let her know. Oh, I have no doubt she already knows. I, I will let her know how bad it is getting in the papers. But do you have a contact here in Lausanne? And I am having an issue. Unfortunately, I don't know if you could help pave the way for me with the local gendarmes, but apparently some woman thinks I was spying on her while she was dressing when I was trying to keep track of the Duke and his... This Duke is employing Turkish men, like the ones that were in England. He sounds very dangerous, then. I was trying to keep an eye on him, and the gendarmes got involved because this woman said I was peeking in at her instead. Well, if it becomes a court case there, I can definitely do something. But if it's just words thrown around on the street, the, it's best that I don't do anything. I don't want to... You must understand, we cannot... 
We cannot get into direct issues unless it is a critical matter. Not asking you to. That's why I asked if you had a contact that could possibly smooth some things out. The closest contact I have to there is in Paris, and you've already met him. Legby? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we needed him. There was some fascist trouble. Yes, very well. Uh, I've got to get off this line. It's going to... <laughs> the costs are going to be astronomical. Understood, sir. Very well. Keep your head down. Will do. Thank you very much. The uh, line goes dead. Uh, so, Maggie, you return from your walk. Or oh, oh, Mr. Fraser's plans uh, involve Maggie, I should say. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, do they? Yeah. They'll they stop the presses. Very well, then the two of you are walking back. We'll take it from there. It also involves a, involves a red herring as well. So, yes, as, as they uh, as they take, take the air and, and enjoy the, uh, the scenery and uh, the, the old town in Lausanne, Mr. Fraser will, will, will ask um, Maggie, uh, I don't suppose um, you happen to notice a, a, a particular uh, cologne the, uh, the Duke was, uh, was wearing while you were speaking to him, did you? Um, yes, it was quite strong. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, I, I noticed it myself when, uh, when we were um, at the taxidermists, and uh, I, I, I couldn't help thinking it, it was... St- had a something of a, a, a familiar scent to it. I don't know if you you noticed that as well, but um, I was just wondering. Do you think you, you would be able to uh, to recognize that scent if you were to smell it again? I mean, I did spend quite a bit of time with him today, so possibly. On our way back to the hotel, I don't suppose you'd be uh, able to or willing to join me um, if we could stop off at a perfumier and and uh, see if um, we can discern whether they they supply this particular cologne would you yes are you looking to purchase some for yourself mr fraser oh no 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 <laughs> nothing like that i assure you no 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 um I, i'll explain as we go um but uh, it, it has to do with uh with some of the proceedings uh, with regard to maplebrook and and lady elizabeth oh um of course anything to help out Thank you. I, I, I very much appreciate it. Sort of keep an eye out to see if we can see uh, Perfumier somewhere along our route back to um, back to the hotel. And, and if so, drop in. We'll probably follow our noses to one. Yeah, pretty easily. Uh, <laughs> there is a row of shops not too far from the first cafe, the chocolatier that you went to, uh, that deals with uh, an array of fragrances for both uh, men and women. Well, perhaps they carry it here. Ah, yes, yes, perhaps they do. Um, uh, let, let's see if we could hail an assistant. Uh, I'll see if I can catch the eye of a, of a shop assistant. It does not take much. <laughs> uh, they are eager to uh, come and assist you. Good day, you see a well-dressed gentleman. Uh, bonjour, bonjour. Uh, you speak uh, English? We speak many languages here. Oh, marvellous. Um, I was wondering if you could help me. I'm trying to identify a particular cologne that um, that I'm interested in. Um, could you possibly point us in the right direction? Of course. Please. He uh, turns and gestures to a very long table, which has a series of multicolored bottles and labels. And Do you have any wee uh, testers uh, that, that, that we can sample? Uh, indeed, indeed. He goes behind the counter and withdraws a long tester for both of you, one for each. 
Is, is there a, anything particular, perhaps a, a type of scent you're looking for? Um, a light, strong, perhaps a woodsy? Yes, indeed, there, there was. A, um, uh, I don't, don't know quite how to describe it. It was a... Uh, how, how would you you uh, describe the cologne? Uh, would you say it was uh, musky or floral? Or? Uh, it it was strange. It had uh, seemed to have many scents overlapping each other. It was hard to uh, fully discern one from another. Hmm. <laughs> now the question is: Is Spot hidden, good enough for nasal past. Smell hidden. Smell I believe hidden. it is. Yes, I believe spot hidden is is intended to cover everything except listening to things. What's your sniffing skill percentage at, Miranda? Just wondering. <laughs> uh, Sniff hidden. Sniffing. <laughs> yeah, is that is that based on dexterity right. or? It's, it's clearly a con roll. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Spot Hidden is fine. If you want to begin, there's probably 15 bottles here that he kind of shows you a row. It's an array of scents that they have available here. Mm-hmm. So if you want to give me a Spot Hidden roll and see if you can track it down, we can go Something from Something with a bit of yeah. class, if you know what I mean. Uh, not, not, not a regular scent. Something a, a little bit above. Kind of look at the prices of them as well and see the things that are more expensive scents. Sure. No. Just no? No. <laughs> okay. Just um, no. I rolled a 51 over 31, but can I push the roll? Absolutely. Why don't you tell me how you're going to push the roll? Well, see, the problem is I think that I have, you know, when you're smelling candles and you get too many scents in your nose and it's just like uh, too much. So I might go outside to get some fresh air, ask them if they they have something that I can uh, cleanse my nasal palate <laughs> In between, a uh, nice neutral scent uh, between scents. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they offer you a. Um, I don't know. I, was, I I I guess I would uh, summarize. They probably offer you some sort of base to. Yeah. Maybe it'd be even be like a like an alcohol of sorts, not like a like a medicinal alcohol to to pull away any additional scents from. I don't I don't know honestly. <laughs> You you go outside and you get a big whiff of fresh air. Yeah, and you kind of you blow out a. You got to get get the scents out. You go and get some fresh air, and then go yes. back in, so I can push the roll. Push twenty one. <gasps> oh yeah! <laughs> you do not find the scent <laughs> here, but. By the time you get all the way to the end of the row of the bottles, uh-huh. you begin to smell the scent, but it's not strong here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It seems it's coming from somewhere else, perhaps a back room, mm-hmm. perhaps their chemical area. Mm-hmm. Is this all of your sense? I, I smell it, but I don't smell it coming from these bottles. Perhaps you have something... A uh, higher shelf somewhere, or... Uh, well, we have uh, some scents that we keep for specific customers, but they're not generally for sale, so uh, I, I apologize. I'll, um, just one moment. Oh, yes. He course. goes and brings out three separate bottles, which he keeps from any getting anywhere near the rest of the, mm-hmm. the, the supplies here. And it doesn't take you more than a single passing smell of 
it, then you reach down and you find, yes, this is it. It's is a very, this... very small bottle. It's blue. Yeah. It has somewhat of a milky residue inside of it. It's very strange. Is this a, a custom fragrance that you make here? Oh, um, yes. I mean, it's a specific customer. Yes, he's he lives up on the hill there. Um, there's a he's a, one of our one of our best customers, the Duke. Oh, a Duke indeed, really. Oh, yes, and but and this is specifically to him. I must have I must have passed him in the street and and caught the scent. Mm, yes, uh, there uh, we make it for him, and uh, he came in and gave our chemist here a specific uh, a specific list of chemicals that he needed and we produced it. Oh, goodness me. He pays quite handsomely for it. Oh, I'm sure a, a custom scent like that. He must be a very uh, well-educated man in such matters if he was able to give you the, the specific ingredients for a, for a scent. I think it's, it takes uh, some degree of skill to be able to uh, concoct it. He, di- he didn't give it to us verbally. He had it on paper. And so I think he may have <laughs> come across it in his travels. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Well, um, I suppose if it's, if it it's a very, very specific, particular scent for a particular customer, then uh, um, I would imagine it's probably uh, out of the reach of, of such as myself. Um, I wonder what else you, uh, you might be able to uh, offer that perhaps has a similar aroma. Oh, I have a couple others that are similar, although... Well, let me get them for you. Uh, the staff member turns and goes back into the the back area. It is without doubt, Miss Ballinger. It is without doubt the Duke. If it is custom made for him and him alone. Staff member comes back mm. and uh, places two more bottles and then collects the three that they had originally brought out to, yes. to place back. Uh, there's one here that has a bit of um, almost a citrus edge to it. Uh, that's quite quite nice. Oh, um, well, do you like either of these, Mister Fraser? Well, yes, um, yes, I rather like the citrus one. What, what do you think? Yes, it is. Um, I I do find it uh, quite to my liking. Oh, well, I, I'll, I'll I'll take a bottle of that then, if you'd be so kind. Uh, mm, absolutely. Do you have, uh, by any chance, do you have a branch in 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 London? Uh, no, but we do have um, a, a chemist that goes to London at least twice a year to uh, exchange and trade with uh, with other members of, uh, of fragrance societies. Oh, I see. Uh, would would you perhaps be able to point me in the right direction of uh, of, a, of a branch in London that uh, I might be able to visit in the future in in order to yes, uh, yes. to purchase another bottle? I, I have the card. I'll just get it for you and back. Marvelous. Thank you very much indeed. Staff member comes back out the third time with uh, a white business card that lists uh, a, uh, a fragrance shop that there at downtown in London. Oh, splendid. Oh, I, yes, I know the area. Thank you. Well, you've been extremely kind and helpful. Uh, so no, should I wrap this up for you then? Oh, yes, please, if you would be so kind, dear. Yeah. I go and begin wrapping up. Maggie, there's there's quite a few scents in here, obviously, perfumes for, for ladies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the very traditional big plungers that, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I'm only here for information. That's fair. I just figured I would ask. <laughs> I like the scent of secrets. Mm. Well, there's a few of them there, for sure. Of that, there's no doubt. Um, so you collect your cologne, Mr. Fraser. Um, the, you pay for it, although not 
you know, exceedingly handsomely. It is it is a, an expensive scent, but but within Mr. Fraser's reach. I will uh, tip the assistant as well quite well for all the all the help oh. that they've given us. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Um, well, I'll bid you good day and uh, merci beaucoup. <laughs> merci. Good day to you both. And as we leave, I'll, I'll just kind of quietly say, thank you very much indeed, Miss Bellinger. That was extremely helpful. I feel we have made some progress here. Yes, it is. It seems strange, though, to tie the Duke to Lady Elizabeth's estate. Indeed it does. And now that we have the uh, the address of the branch in, in London, I'll, I should hopefully be able to uh, ascertain uh, as to when, it, when uh, a bottle of it may have been purchased there or perhaps a uh, Another member of the uh, the Duke's entourage that uh, that might have been uh, part and parcel, because I find it hard to believe that the Duke himself would stoop so low as to break into a, a private residence and uh, and steal the items in question. That must seem strange. Well, shall we return to the hotel? Uh, yes, I I think that's a good idea. I I believe we have uh, much to share with our companions. If there's no objection, I'm going to make a soup out of the five of you. Perfect. So, Professor, you and Lady Elizabeth return from your um, book fair, I suppose, with your spoils of um, literary war. Simon, you have finished up with your phone calls at this point. And uh, Miss Frazier, just by, you know, a quick stop at a fragrancer, you smell fantastic as you get back to the hotel. And that is definitely something that um, Lady Elizabeth notices when he walks back in the room. Oh, ah, Mr. Fraser. Uh, interesting assaults on the olfactory senses. Yes, indeed, Your Ladyship. I, I think I shall uh, retire to my uh, to my room for a bath. Yes, uh, I'd love to hear more about whatever caused that uh, later this evening. Uh, indeed you shall, Your Ladyship, because it does pertain to yourself. Oh, my... And with that, I shall take myself off to uh, to get changed, and uh, I shall place my my newly purchased uh, chapeau on uh, my dressing table, eye it suspiciously. Fair enough. So you have a few hours left before your uh, or before the event at the club. Is there anything else that the uh, investigators would like to dig into before that? Well. I need to see if Paul speaks German so he can help me with my book. (laughs) (laughs) Maggie would be eager to uh, speak with Lady Elizabeth and just fill her in on everything that she has missed while Maggie's been out. (laughs) I'm happy to do both. So? Ah, Miss Bellinger. Lady Elizabeth, yes. um, Well, I've had quite the day and I couldn't wait to get back and share some of the information I've found out with you. Uh, Yes. uh, Judging by the scent, I gather you've been uh, with Mr. (laughs) Fraser in some undisclosed location. Uh, Yes. Well, that undisclosed location was a a perfumery. Um, I I suppose I do have quite a few scents on me. Didn't think that was Fraser's sort of thing, but uh, all right. Well, he was trying to track down a, a specific scent. In fact, the scent of the um, Duke, uh, it was familiar to him from your estate. 
Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. I I wanted to talk oh, to you. That's neither here nor there. Excuse me. Well, we can uh, we can uh, get to that, and I'm sure that Mr. Fraser can explain a little bit more. Um, but I did want to talk to you about the scroll. Um, I've I've learned a few more things about it. Oh. Yes. Well, Mr. Wellington does have it in his possession, uh, but he he was intending to sell it to a duke. Um, but now that we have come into play, uh, there is to be a bidding war um, between us and the Duke, though I don't know if that's our best course of action for getting it. Uh, but what I thought you would be particularly interested in was in my talks with the Duke. Um, he showed me around town. He seemed amused that I wanted to just get information from the scroll, that, that I just wanted to read it. He said that it, it does something, and he seemed quite surprised that I didn't know what it it does does something did he say what uh, no um he he seemed to avoid that I was hoping he would lead into it he seemed to think I was foolish for not knowing what power the scroll had and, and thinking that it simply held information how dare he well I'm intrigued you've piqued my interest I was certain that it would does Mr. Fraser know about this, uh, scroll doing something, by any chance? Uh, yes, I did share that information, uh, once he caught up with me. Oh dear. Well, I shall have to get it anyway. So? I'm concerned that if it does something, it, it may fall in the, the wrong hands. I, I even told him that, you know, we wouldn't try to buy it out from under him if he would just show it to us, and, and he didn't seem pleased with that, so it must be something that he definitely does not want to share. Well, I don't know that we'd be able to outbid him, not without spending all of our money, perhaps. I agree. So, uh, what are you suggesting? A little light breaking and entering? Well, I, I did have a heist in mind, uh, but though that may be a, a plan B, Mr. Wellington seems like quite a reasonable man. In fact, he's uh, certainly... Uh, he's currently caring for his his brother... So I I wonder if we may be able to buy it out from under the Duke through him, or or even just get a chance to look at it to see if it's something we'd truly be interested in. You do seem to have a lot of run-ins with interesting gentlemen, Miss Bellinger. I certainly do. Uh, by the way, the bidding of for the artifact is tonight at the 7.30 Club, which isn't actually the name of a club, it's just the time that they meet at the cafe. And what time is it now? It is approximately... Oh, it's three o'clock right now. Uh, it's, oh, it's three o'clock, of course. <laughs> well, you think you can uh, convince him to let us have a look, at least? Um, well, I I don't know if if I can. Um, I'm not sure if this is, is better suited for you. He did seem like a, a very reasonable gentleman that is possibly giving up Oh, ooh, I forgot I show I told him about the arm. Um y you what? I forgot. So Wellington has the scroll because he's very interested in finding the simulacrum whereas the duke was not interested at all in the simulacrum when I Wait, brought it up. Y you you <laughs> Lady, he looks very close to letting out a very un-English display of emotion. <laughs> Look, as I shared with Mr. Fraser, sometimes you have to share information to get information. 
Um, so the Duke was not at all interested in the simulacrum, but just in the power of the scroll. Whereas, um, Mr. Wellington was very interested in the simulacrum and I felt very bad for him. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's just trying to get by and care for his brother. He's just trying to get by and he's also interested in the simulacrum. Uh, yes, but it seemed like more from a historical standpoint or as an artifact. I don't think he has ill intent, but I told him, I broke down and I told him, we have the arm. And uh, maybe I could show you the arm and you can show me the scroll. Um, and, and so maybe lead into it. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. That was exactly my thing. Oh, dear Lord. Miss Bellinger, yes. you've got to stop telling every man you run across about what our mission is. But, it, well, it was, there was intent there um, in, in terms of a, a little a tit for tat. Yes, but isn't the Duke working with the Turkish gentleman? I was unaware of the Turkish gentleman. I was <sighs> recently informed by Mr. Fraser of the Turkish gentleman. In fact, I think the Turkish gentlemen are working for the Duke. That makes it worse, dear. He has said he has many artifacts and he's a collector, so um, I guess if he does outbid us, our, our last resort, Plan C if you will, maybe to break into his house. I, he lives up on the hill. <sighs> so, he told you that he wasn't really interested in the simulacrum, but he's also a collector of strange and mysterious artifacts. Did you ever consider the fact he might have been bluffing? He said mostly books. It sounds a lot like you, actually. I'm also mostly interested in books, yes, but I'm also following the trail of the simulacrum. If he wanted to harm me, there were plenty of opportunities to do so, and he didn't. Maybe because he doesn't know where the arm is? Oh, he doesn't know that I have the arm. The other gentleman knows that I have the arm. I'm starting to lose track of all your gentlemen, Miss Bellinger. Oh, don't worry, I can keep them straight for you. Um, so Mr. Wellington, who currently has the scroll, knows that I have the arm, and mm -hmm. we briefly discussed a, a trade, but then he thought maybe we could have a bidding war. I'm starting to think that maybe he just wants to drive up the price of the scroll. The scroll. The Duke does not know that we have the arm. He does know we know about the simulacrum, uh, and he wants the scroll, and he has much more money than us. Right. I think I've got that now. Thank you. And I do not know the other members of the 730 Club. <sighs> Just refrain from informing other gentlemen whose acquaintance you might make about our mission and the simulacrum and the arm and all sorts of things. I'd rather not be stabbed in my bed, thank you. I will take your advice into careful consideration. Meaning you won't do it. I used that same line on my father multiple times. So, if we're going to... <sighs> speak to Mr. Was it Wellington? I suppose Wellington we has do... the scroll, yes. Yes, so, and he's the one who wants to see the arm? Uh, yes, and he wants money for the, the scroll. But your idea is that we let him see the arm, and we may, and he might let us see the scroll? Yes, exactly. You know what the men are going to say about this, right? But we don't have to tell them. Um, but we, we might, uh, should tell them Ooh, uh, you know, they maybe should be involved, but I'm not entirely sure. We're not going anywhere without someone knowing where we're going. We can tell Paul. Uh, P Paul? 
uh, yes, we can tell him where we're going, and then when the boys come back to look for us, then he'll say, oh, they went back to Mr. Wellington's house. Miss Bellinger, I would rather have some backup who knows what they're doing in terms of, say, fisticuffs or using a firearm, just in case we get ourselves into trouble considering we now have two men who know that we have interest in the scroll and in the simulacrum, and one of them who knows that we have a piece of it. I would prefer to be prepared, and I don't know about you, but I'm not very good hands with a gun or with a walking stick. Well, now that you mention it, um, I did forget, but I thought we might overwhelm him, but Mr. Wellington already knows that I know Richard and that we both know Simon, as we were all in his shop. So he know Richard broke in, and then Simon followed. So he... God in heaven. Uh, see, he locked the door behind me when I went in, um, and it was not because it, uh, it, was, it was for his brother's safety, not because he was of ill intent, but Richard didn't know that. So Richard broke in, fearing for my safety, but I was completely fine. Um, and then I believe Simon, also fearing for both my safety and Richard's safety, followed in after us. So it wouldn't be far-fetched for me to also introduce you and Mr. Fraser. Neither of them told me about that part. The whole world is going to know all of us are working together and what we're doing before the week is out. Fame. Uh, so, uh, uh, do you think that's possibly the best course of action? We could grab the arm and head over to Wellington's before the 7.30 club beats? How about we speak to the other members of our party first, considering this does affect them? Yes, that is a good point. Uh, we, we can certainly loop them in. I know on your side of the pond you tend to go charging about and doing things without thinking about them first, but that's not how we operate on the continent. Uh, well, uh, time did seem of the essence, uh, with it being sold off tonight. I didn't think there was a moment to waste, but we do have a little bit of time now, a few hours, so uh, <laughs> perhaps we could... Uh, chat with the gentleman and then decide our, our course of action from there, whether it is dealing with Wellington or outbidding the Duke or breaking and entering. Yes, well, I don't think we should be bringing uh, Mr. Griffith with us, considering the uh, he had a little run-in with the police earlier. But uh, perhaps Mr. Fraser, Professor, or at least the Professor, although I suppose he could hit them over the head with a briefcase if he needed to. And Mr. Fraser did tail us, but I don't believe that he was seen. Oh, dear Lord. Well, he was, he did cause a commotion. He was possibly seen by the Turkish gentleman. Oh, was he the one with the Roman shield in the museum? Yes. Ah, yes, that makes sense. Very well. Let's lay out the plan fairly quickly, and if there's any flaws in it, they can perhaps let us know. And Perfect. then we need to get moving, I suppose. Yes. Okay. The two of you uh, exit the, the the bedroom where you're having a conversation with, back into the the more main open area of the the rooms. Ah, recovered from your sensory experience, Mister Fraser. Ah, yes, your ladyship. Uh, uh, nothing quite like a a good hot bath. I feel much more myself now. Glad to hear it. So uh, we may need to make another little venture out uh, this evening oh. before oh. we go to the 7.30 club. Do we have time? Miss Bellinger? Hmm. Yes? 
What is our plan? That is what we are here to decide, whether it would be best to uh, deal directly with Wellington, um, show him, perhaps show him the arm so that he will show us the scroll. Sorry, Mr. Fraser, we hadn't conveyed that to you earlier. Wellington knows I have the arm. Uh, he has the scroll. Uh, so whether we do that or we try to outbid the Duke or we let the Duke win and then we break into his house. So uh, if I understand this correctly, Miss Ballinger, uh, Mr. Wellington knows that we have the arm of the Sidakvar Simulacrum. Yes. And you are proposing that we either try and uh, obtain the scroll from him prior to the auction or that uh, should the uh, the Duke um, win the scroll in the auction that we then uh, make our way towards his residence, which is no doubt highly, uh, highly guarded and uh, difficult to get into, yes. uh, uh, break in, steal the scroll and then uh, abscond with it. Yes. Evading, however, many Turkish gentlemen we should uh, encounter en route. Uh, yes, but uh, one slight correction is we wouldn't be obtaining the scroll for showing him the arm. We would just be showing each other a little show and tell because uh, I believe he needs the money uh, to take care of his brother. If I might interject. Oh, Professor Courtney, I didn't see you there. I, I think we uh, we could pay this Edgar Wellington a, a visit before the, uh, the, the 7.30 club. Um, and I suggest that we ask him if we can... See the scroll first. Um, say that we have a, a collector who would be very interested in in paying more money, but we'd have to um, guarantee its authenticity before we went to the auction. So we need to see it before the auction so that we can give him more money. Why, why not take a, sim- a simpler, more direct route? That's true. I just, I certainly don't want anything bad to happen to Mr. Wellington. Why don't we offer Mr. Wellington a sum of money to take a photograph of the scroll and then allow it to go to auction as intended? Yes, that was that was my thought um, with uh, showing him the arm, but we could possibly show him the arm and give him the money and that will even sweeten the deal because the arm alone didn't seem to be enough. Ah, you could take the photo with your, your camera. Uh, yes, I, I certainly can. That is the usual implement for taking photographs. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can get it developed so someone else can see it. <laughs> but how do we know that taking a photograph of this scroll is actually going to do what we need it to do? As uh, your duke seemed to think that it's the scroll itself that has the power. Uh, it did seem that way. Um, uh, he said something about what the scroll does, but it, it could be some sort of ritual written onto the scroll. Uh, perhaps we could just transcribe it. Well, your ladyship, uh, th- this is very much your domain, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, with any uh, with any luck, you should be able to ascertain when we see the scroll whether it is the. Uh, the writings on the scroll uh, that uh, are the pertinent and, and more important part or the actual physical scroll itself. This is true. Very well. I suppose this is what we're doing. I, I, I'm, never, I'm never any but, harm in having a, a good conversation with somebody. I agree, well, Richard. I, I have to say, I am, I am most... Um, <sighs> I'm most keen if this scroll does contain important information regarding the simulacrum. 
I'm most keen for it not to fall into the hands of the Duke, if at all possible, because uh, quite what his intentions are with it, uh, I don't really like to think. Uh, the manner of these Turkish gentlemen, their, their behaviour and their actions in the past lead me to the inevitable conclusion that their intent is not is not a, an admirable one, it's not a good one. And if they are working for the Duke, then... Well, perhaps we go, we have a look at it, and uh, I can see what the potential problems would be, and perhaps we could uh, convince Mr. Wellington that it's in his best interest to sell it to us, rather than let it go to auction and let the Duke have it. Yes, I mean, perhaps, is it worth... We could also always bring Paul and have Paul take a look at the brother uh, for free, so, you know, some free medical care uh, or recommendations, you know. If he's trying to get help for his brother. Well, yes, I, I, that could sweeten the deal in our favor a bit. Well, we don't have to bring Paul with us right away, but we can say, you know, we have a medical professional traveling with us and we could yes. have him examine the young man. So we have options. Yes. Perhaps if we could uh, impress upon Mr. Wellington the uh, the potential danger in, in uh, the Duke's obtaining of the scroll, perhaps he can be persuaded to part with the scroll outside of the auction. I believe there is potential danger if Mr. Wellington doesn't part with the scroll. But he should part with it to us, is the thing. Yes, we can maybe defend ourselves better than he can, but I feel that uh, if he doesn't, with the Duke having his eyes set on the scroll now, um, the Duke may take it from him by force. Well, this is all a bit of a moot point until we know what's in the scroll, so I suggest mm -hmm. we go and have this conversation with Mr. Wellington and get it over with, so to speak, and then we can decide how to proceed from there. If you will excuse me for a few moments, uh, uh, Lady Elizabeth, uh, Miss Ballinger, Mr. Professor, I do beg your pardon, Professor Courtney, um, I'm just going to pop upstairs and, and, and take a look in on uh, Mr. Griffith because uh, I, I believe he injured himself earlier on today. I just want to uh, make sure he's he's all right. Yes, of course. So I'm, I'm going to head he upstairs. should probably stay here and rest anyway. I come back in the room as you're heading out. Oh, Mr. Griffith, there you are. I thought we'd lost you there for a moment. Uh, I think it's not a bad idea if I accompany you. It sounds like you're uh, all walking into the lion's mouth here. Can I ask what that is you're carrying? Are you sure you are, you're up to the task? This is insurance. You can say that he has a large suitcase in his hand. Is this your uh, American brand of insurance, Mr. Griffith? Yes. I rather thought so. I think you may need a smaller insurance policy. A less noticeable one. This is in triplicate. Uh, what do we need with an insurance policy in triplicate, Mr. Griffith? I click the suitcase open and I turn it around to face them. Oh, dear Lord. Ah, insurance. Did you open it? Yes, I did. Uh, so inside the suitcase, uh, Lord. crafted um, and and taken apart, is, well, uh, uh, some sort of weapon for most of you, um, but for, say, someone like James Roger Frazier, who served in World War One, that's a Thompson. It's a machine gun. Is that what is that what I think it is, Mister Griffith? It is what you think it is, sir. Uh, insurance. And uh, no, I. 
I won't ask. I won't ask how you got your hands on one of those. I told you I'm working for people. Well, yes, but do you really think that this is the appropriate circumstance for such a large insurance policy with so many clauses? Well, considering that Jim and I saw a total of at least four Turks following the Duke, I don't see you with a pistol, ma'am. Miss Maggie can take care of herself. She's she's a feisty little firecracker in her own way. But Professor also couldn't punch his way out of a wet paper bag. Um, no, that's true. A little flicker of amusement <laughs> runs across James's eyes. I could always hit someone with my stick. Uh, no insult intended, Professor. But you're you're not a fighting individual. No. I feel you're right. Good lord, you hear from across the room. What is that? Did you forget Paul was here? No, but Paul better know what we... He, I mean, he's already heard that, you know, we're following people, that there's dukes involved, and I fell downstairs, and he might as well know. I'll have a quiet word with him, your ladyship. He comes over. What is it with you people and telling everyone who's around everything about our business? Paul is entitled to know our business, Lady E. Paul is our, our traveling companion now. It's, it's more the cumulative effect. <laughs> you, you, you have to understand, Lady E, we're talking about situations which may involve bullet holes in some of us. <laughs> Paul's eyes get really big. <laughs> Who's going to be digging out the bullets? Paul. I, I'm not saying it's a problem with telling Paul. I'm more, it's, it's, it's more the fact that every time someone walks past, one of you two seems to be informing someone about what we're doing. Who have I told? Sometimes it's necessary to share information to get information. Who do I tell? I would love to hear this, Lady E. Uh, um, what, 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 what are you planning on, uh, on doing with that? You see him get turned away by Mr. Fraser. They, they step away from the scene. Mr. Maverhaven, if I might have a, a quiet wee word in your ear. Oh, yes. Uh, is, that a, is that a machine gun? Let's, let's, oh. let's find a, a wee quiet spot. There's much to tell you. Okay, the two of you are going to go off, off camera for a moment, so continue the rest of you. Well... Paul needs to know, I suppose, but he might just up and leave after seeing that insurance policy, uh, which I wouldn't blame him necessarily. It's, can you close that? Put that thing away. I will close it up. That's not a problem. But my concern is we are dealing with someone with a lot of money who doesn't have scruples about hiring individuals who are shady. Is this not correct? Yes, it's correct, but... Do you really think it's going to go over well with the local gendarmes if you pull out that insurance policy and start shooting people in the middle of the sun? Do you have a do you have a contact here who can get you out of trouble if you suddenly get hauled off to the police station for shooting up a bunch of people with a Tommy gun? Nope, I do not. My point exactly. But on the other hand, my view on it is here. I may go to jail for shooting up a bunch of people with a Tama gun, correct? But if I take care of these four or more Turkish gentlemen in doing it, that leaves the rest of you to continue on 
unless they pull all their guns and shoot us because I did not have a Tommy gun on me. I don't even know where to begin with that statement. I think I follow the logic. Um, basically, we're in danger and it's better to have a gun than not to have a gun. Yes, but does it have to be such a large, scary one? I don't know. I mean, I... That is likely to get noticed. Don't you have something smaller? I have a couple rifles, but they don't fit down my... Don't fit inside my coat as easily or into a briefcase. I don't want to know how many weapons you have on this trip. Forget I asked. Uh, how many fingers you got? So Paul and you, Mr. Fraser, step away kind of out into the hall, perhaps, or, or onto the veranda. Yes, I think I'll somewhere the other than here. And he uh, he takes out a, a pack of cigarettes and, and lights a smoke. I'll, I, I will be there with a with a, a flame even before he's got the box of matches out of his pocket. Mm. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, yes. sir. Ooh, wow. Yes, sir. So, uh, well, what is it you say you did again? Uh, yes, I, I appreciate that must have come as something of a shock to you, and I do apologize that uh, it came out, out of the blue in that way. Uh, what you should know uh, Mr. Maverhaven, is that uh, we, uh, myself and my travelling companions, uh, we have uh, something of a an undertaking on our journeys on the Orient Express. And, uh, well, not to, not to put too fine a point on it, it, it uh, may involve uh, our encounters with certain individuals who may not have our best interests at heart. Certain dangerous individuals. Hey, I, I'm, all, I'm all for people to defending themselves that's I, I totally get that I mean it's um, it's your right to, to make sure that you know I mean, obviously as a as a, an assistant to Lady Elizabeth I'm sure in some way you you know you you protect her from people who might want to do her ill that makes total sense total sense of course of course but there is a little more to it than that though um... I, there, well, yeah there's a suitcase full evidently he takes another long pull on the cigarette. Ah, indeed, suitcases. Yes. Well, in in general terms, in general terms, uh, we uh, have been set on a path by uh, an acquaintance of uh, the professors um, to obtain uh, certain uh, certain historical artifacts um, in or, in order that we can uh, we can avoid um, certain. Uh, Certain events from occurring, and it is it is very important that we locate these artifacts. Uh, we locate them before uh, other concerned parties do so. Um, now we believe that there is a strong possibility we have we have identified one of those other parties here in Lausanne. Um, so, Mister uh, Mister Griffith, who has a, a certain amount of training and experience in these matters, um, he. Uh, he has brought um, what I believe he refers to as insurance uh, against uh, any impediment to uh, our uh, our procuring these uh, these particular artifacts and preventing them from falling into uh, other parties' hands. Are you with me so far? Yeah, I I, I understand. I think whilst we were in France, we did uh, we did also uh, run afoul of uh, certain political factions political factions who have uh, somewhat extreme views and uh, and i believe that uh, 
Well, I believe that one of the uh, one of the parties that may be interested in, in uh, the items that we are also seeking um, may have connections with these uh, these uh, strong arm parties. And uh, well, not to put a f- too fine a point on it, um, if we do not obtain these items before they do, then a great number of people may come to harm. That is our belief. Now, I quite understand if uh, if this is uh, um, all a little too much for you. If if this uh, this is perhaps a, a little more than you were expecting when you uh, joined our party, um, I would be uh, not in in the least bit surprised if uh, you were to uh, bid us farewell and, and uh, travel on on your way. Um, but uh, well, I have to say you have certainly proved yourself to be a a very uh, Reliable and, and uh, well, shall I say, a beneficial member of the party. And uh, I, for one, would be sad to see you go. But uh, uh, as I say, I would quite understand if you did decide to do so. All right. That is literally textbook persuade. So please go ahead and, and give that to me. Yes, we're running around with machine guns. Please, please, please don't leave. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm looking for a really good roll here. Oh my god, I'm going to spend three luck and make it. So I got 13 over 10. <laughs> we get to keep our Paul. <laughs> he, uh, he steadies himself with another pull off of this uh, cigarette and says, uh, I, I understand that, uh, you know, I, I had a feeling this... You know, back at Charrington, when when people were trying to steal files and and uh, and whatnot, I, I kind of figured that this was maybe a little bit of a, a different sort of situation. So, I'll just say this: um, I'm I'm happy to continue on. The the Lady Elizabeth has paid for; she's done me a, a great service in in, in accompanying me on uh, letting me letting me accompany them, you on this trip, and then of course. Um, you know, the, the professor and, and Miss Bellinger assisted with uh, getting me out of that place, which was something I'm very grateful for. But I don't know how many of you know the full extent of what that weapon does on the receiving end. And I do. And so I just want to be clear that I would really hope that none of you end up on the receiving end of it at all. If it's if it's any reassurance to you, uh, I, I don't know if I'd be able to save you. No, I quite understand. If it's any reassurance to you, uh, both Mister Griffith and I know full well exactly what that weapon is capable of. All right. Well, I I, I, I don't mean to sound um, I don't I don't mean it to, to unman me at all, Mister Fraser. It's just when you, when you see it bandied about uh, so easily, I think people forget what. What, what terror it can bring. I understand Sometimes that. Sometimes we're a, a little too quick to play with guns overseas. Yes, I I, um, I won't pry, but uh, I can see this uh, this cuts deep with you. So uh, um, I would not myself have uh, brought it into a public company in such a way, but uh, Mr. Griffith is his own man. If, uh, if you don't mind, I'm just going to have a, another and uh, try to steady myself here. He, he pulls out a, another cigarette. Uh, 
I'll give you a few moments uh, of reflection uh, in your own company. and It's good to have you along with us, sir. And I'll just extend my hand to, to shake his. He shakes your hand. You feel like you've steadied Paul quite a bit. Uh, he was a little white <laughs> at the gills there for a minute, seeing the weapon. But uh, he seems to have come back around during your chat. And I'll head back in to join the others. So... Is he okay, Mr. Fraser? He's a little shaken, Mr. Griffith. He's a little shaken, but I think he's going to be all right. I am putting this on the table because we need cards on the table for what is potentially a very dangerous situation. And I don't want people to be surprised if a machine gun goes off. Uh, this is the th key thing here is this is insurance. Do I want to use this? Absolutely not. Do you, don't you think it's a little bit suspicious carrying something that size around, though? I mean... Uh, is it really, if we're supposed to be paying for things with money? I suppose. Are you going to tell him it's a big suitcase full of cash? Well, don't we have one of those already? Yes, and it'll be suspicious <laughs> if we bring two of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, we, we, are, we are trying to outbid him. I think perhaps what Mr. Griffith is trying to say is that those who carry large sums of cash around with them in public also carry significant protection for that cash. So are we the Mafia now? No, 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 no. no. I've read about them in the papers. You're a uh, Chicago Mafia. I've never been there. I I think to, I think we, we, we definitely need to remember that the uh, professor um, back, back in London was probably... Um, Burned by these these gentlemen with the the fezes. Um, there were several of them at the the challenger lectures, and uh, yes, I I think, I, I, I yes yes we would be right to be very careful. Oh, very well. If you're going to bring the giant insurance policy, bring the giant insurance policy. Just don't be surprised if I distance myself from you when the police show up. That's all I'm saying. I as I said, this is entirely possible, and if I need to, I will fall for the group. Yes, well, let's hope you don't have to do that quite literally. Are we going? If I if I have to, I have to. Should we set out then to speak to Wellington first? I believe that was the plan. Paul comes back in. Ah, Paul, glad to see you're still with us. Well, one moment, I'll retrieve the arm from wherever <laughs> I have it stashed away. It, it's not a real arm, Paul. We don't, we're not quite that grotesque. Oh, good. This is one of the uh, artifacts that I was speaking of. Uh, mm -hmm. Maggie, you go and collect the arm. Paul, as a man of medical science, uh, have there been any cases in your research where, um... Never mind. Cases what? Nothing. Uh, never mind. Because Maggie just realized that only Richard knows <laughs> that the arm hurts her. No, no, no I'm, I'm genuinely interested. Oh, um, uh, nothing. It, you know, it's likely a, a psychos. I would imagine it would be a psychosomatic case if, uh, if someone felt connected to an object of some sort, physically or spiritually or anything like that. Lady E's eyebrows are going towards her hairline. Uh, but I was just curious, uh, for uh, future reference, it's, uh, great to have you around. Uh, Paul, we should be going. Um, though. Paul's a bit befuddled. He doesn't understand what's just happened here. <laughs> Between the machine gun and the psychosomatic stuff, he's a bit lost. And so he kind of scratches his head. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose someone could feel a physical connection. Sure, the brain does all sorts of stuff. Yes, uh, that's what I thought. Uh, we we know so little ab- about it. It's a fascinating organ. It really, truly is. Well, uh, shall we be going then? Oh, uh, you. Where are you going off to? We're going to go uh, visit a, a gentleman about acquiring a, a scroll. Hmm. We're going to see a man about a dog. Oh. Are we bringing suitcases to this situation? Uh, well, I believe we're bringing at least one suitcase. Or uh, maybe just the promise of a suitcase. Well, what I'm trying to say is, uh, uh, do we need cash on hand for this transaction? Possibly, yes. That would be a good idea. Uh, our first bartering point is the arm, looking at it. Uh, and then our second bartering point would be cash. And then our third bartering point would be medical care. I have an idea. How about... Medical care? <laughs> I, I, meant a, I met a gentleman uh, that, that uh, may be of ill health, and, and so... Um, we're just going concerned. to chat. Yes, we'll, but, uh, but don't worry. I think he's okay. His brother's been taking care of him, so we're just going to check in on his brother. And if we need you, Paul, um, if something is, is terribly wrong, I'll, I'll, we will uh, call for you. Oh, all right then. Do you wish to go ahead to see this Wellington gentleman? And I'll stay here with both suitcases, and you can call me if you need me. That's a good idea. Please don't. We're n- you're not walking into that shop with a suitcase. Well, this this kind this time doesn't sound like it's a matter of a suitcase. Meeting the Duke sounds like a matter of a suitcase. Yes, this is why I was very confused as to why you brought out your giant insurance policy. So we're going to see it. We're going to see an old man about an arm. Oh, I was referring to the Seven Thirty Club. Ah, so if we're going to make it to the Seven Thirty Club, we should probably go and see Mister Wellington first. I agree. Paul pulls out his book and says, uh, like a like this little notebook that he keeps in the pocket, and says, and you hear him, uh, you hear him just over. The, the din of the conversation say suitcase equals machine gun <laughs> <laughs> and then closes it and puts it back in his pocket. He, you know Paul's only 50% right though because suitcase also means money a lot of money <laughs> so Miss, Mr. Griffith if you and Paul will stay here and keep an eye on the suitcases Professor hand me your case please we might as well keep them together yes yes that's probably the best all right, so the four of us are going to go. Paul and Mr. Griffith, you can stay here, and hopefully we don't get killed. So, Paul, how good are you at treating dynamite injuries? We're going to leave it there. So thank you so much <laughs> for joining us for another episode of Horror on the Order Express. As you can tell, things are going smashingly well for our investigators in Lausanne, and we cannot wait to see you in the next episode. So for now, it's goodbye from us, but we will return shortly. Mm-hmm.